What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Fox. (laughs) (laughs) God damn you. All right, take take two. Hi, I'm... God, uh, really? (laughs) (laughs) This is a serious Sopranos podcast. You can't just fucking... Okay, Okay, sorry. Okay, all right. We got this? We're doing it right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself Yourself a Gun. Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk talk about about it. it. Yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, it's a great Sopranos podcast. I don't know why I open every episode this way. Uh, At some point, I have to find something new. Oh, here's something new. Um... To to open this episode, I would like to say, number one, thank you to all the millions of listeners we have out there. And uh, if you could please go onto the iTunes or Apple podcast store and give us five stars in a review, that would be really, really helpful. It helps people find out that, look at that, there is a Sopranos podcast out there. I didn't even know. Just doom scroll your way down to pod yourself a gun on Apple Mm -hmm. Podcasts. Yeah. And uh, give us five stars because that's the give right number stars, of stars. Leave a review. It, it, it's helpful for us. It's helpful for you. Um, and also, uh, go ahead and buy yourself a t-shirt over at uh, teespring.com <laughs> slash stores slash frotcast. That's F-R-O-T-C-A-S-T. Buy a shirt. Why not? Okay. That's how I'm going to intro it from now on. All calls to action at the top. And then I end the show. <laughs> That'd be a fun way of doing it. Uh, today, our guest uh, in the studio, the Zoom studio, is a, a amazing comedian, originally out of North Carolina, and now lives in Los Angeles. Good homie of mine. You've heard him probably if you listen to the broadcast as well. On the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Webb is here. Howdy. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> Nothing. I'm uh, quarantining in my... Uh parents house right now oh you're in your hometown yeah went back for the holidays so i've just been stuck in my room for 
five days. Did you uh, re-register oh. to vote there to make sure that your vote uh, counts towards something? Like actually, actually count? Um, no, I tried to, but it it didn't work out. <laughs> oh well, so. that's fine because you know it's not like there's a lot riding on this election, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's not like my state is like, you know, one of the key ones. Or anything. <laughs> uh, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, you are probably right now wondering who the president going be. And uh, we don't know yet. Uh, right now, it seems like neither of them, which is also an option, I think. I mean, that's an option I would have been cool with. Um, but that's not what this this isn't a political podcast. You know, no. this is not. Not about politics. This is about Sopranos. And and Jason, uh, you have seen all of the Sopranos. Is that correct? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I well, feel like fuck. I watched them. No, I feel like I watched them a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, like, because I was watching, I was like, yeah, I remember some of this. And then I got, like, kind of back into it so i watched like four more episodes after i watched the one we're supposed to watch oh nice 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 and uh what what uh you know what memories did it bring back from when you watched it i don't know i don't uh, that i've seen it before maybe that's the memory <laughs> <laughs> like, no that's a like, fair memory <laughs> it wasn't like i was fucking like you know like had some like event happen while I was watching it. Like 9 11 didn't happen while I was watching The Sopranos. <laughs> well, but I mean, it could have. It, it My did uncle for a lot of people. me during this scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember this. This is when my auntie came in to watch my uncle finger banging my asshole. <laughs> oh, man. This is. Uh, this is a very classy podcast. Uh, <laughs> We're and, still looking uh, for sponsors. If you're, if yeah. anybody is out there, you know, working for a company that likes to sponsor, We're, yeah, uh, podcast, uh, if, you could use the mm-hmm. promo code "finger banging my uncle's asshole." And uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. promo code. I think Arby's might be into it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, honestly, we have the meats. It's already kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's a little sexual of a pun. They'd probably be into this podcast. Sure, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this podcast is sp- sponsored by Arby's. We have the meats promo code meat in my asshole. You dirty. Hold the horsey sauce. Hold the horsey sauce. <laughs> all right. Well, whether or not you've seen all the Sopranos doesn't matter. The point is, no. this is a podcast about it. And uh, we're very excited to talk about today's episode. But before we do, it's time to play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Very good. Um, all right. Today, we are talking about, from Season 3, Episode 8 of The Sopranos, He is Risen. Um, Vince, why don't, you, uh, why don't you break us off a little piece of that synopsis real quick so people know what this episode's about. I will indeed. As Thanksgiving approaches, Tony's feud with Ralph escalates despite the intervention of Johnny Sack. At a frat house mixer, Meadow and Jackie Jr. find they have more in common than mob boss dads. 
I feel a, like that's this is uh he has risen is one of the episode titles. It might be my most well remembered episode title besides like Pine Barrens. Well, yeah, because I mean, the, the it's they name the episode after like uh, kind of a, a cheap narcolepsy joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but a really good cheap narcolepsy. Oh, joke. Oh no, I <laughs> love it. It's a it's a great cheap narcolepsy joke. But it's just like it is one of those things where you remember the title of the episode and you remember the joke of the episode. But I got to say, other than that, honestly, I did not remember what was going to happen in this episode. I was like, yeah, I know that, uh, you know, uh, Jackie Jr. is involved in some aspect of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I but, remembered you know. that there were, I, for some reason, I remembered that, like, half this episode was about the narcoleptic guy and that there were, like, ten narcoleptic jokes. But really, it was, it was like, two jokes, and uh, then they were done with that guy. But, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think we're going to go into more detail on Aaron, the narcoleptic uh, Christian, uh, in this uh, episode, um, but first, uh, when did this episode premiere? This and what was happening during that time? Uh, this uh, premiered on uh, April fifteenth, Tax Day, two thousand one. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, you know we can't evaluate art without knowing the cultural context in which it was released. Um, so for that, we have the Remember When machine. What? What? Remember Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. That's right. Uh, So again, April 15th, 2001. Some things uh, that happened on this day. Uh, Joey Ramone, lead singer of... He was the good Ramone. Um, Mm -hmm. He he died at age 49 uh, of lymphoma, not from turkey-related constipation. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Thank uh, God. Uh, so uh, the the few some of the headlines: uh, Lebanese f- front heats up as soldier soldier dies in attack. That was uh, you know there's some some Hezbollah. Yeah, uh, that sounds like uh, some Hezbollah versus Israel shit. Sick, sick. Yeah. Luckily, as we all know, that war will be over very soon, um, never to return again, and peace will be restored in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. Now it's the P- Middle East has since been known as a peaceful place where nothing bad yep. ever happens. Everything good, especially in two thousand one. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. Um, the top <laughs> movies of the week were. Oops, I got the weekend wrong. Hold on, bear with me. Oh no, a wrong weekend. So the the top movies could be anything. It can I guess? Be, uh, uh, yeah, you can guess. Okay, you'll probably top get two thousand one. Two thousand one, April. I'm gonna say um, that dog movie, See Spot Run. Did that shoot back up? No, you know no. it dropped down. So actually, I'm I'm there Damn. now. The number one movie in America was still Spy Kids. Spy uh, Kids, oh, of course. God, really? Followed by another returning uh, entry. Along came a spider with Morgan Freeman. Right, um, right, right. A couple new movies that week. There were three and four. Bridget don't Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, and uh, Joe Dirt, the uh, David Spade classic. God, that Joe Dirt movie. I tell you, when that when that shit came out, it was like uh, I don't know. Me and my friends were like, finally, respect for Spade. You know, because like I feel like he had always been playing second fiddle to Chris Farley yeah. for a while, and we we're all like ready for David Spade's time in in the sunshine, and um, and he used it well. <laughs> and then after no, nothing that, nothing bad ever came of it. 
and nothing bad ever came of it. There's nothing better than a famous <laughs> David Spade. Um, no, but, uh, you know, that movie was pretty good. What did, what did you think of that movie, uh, you know, Jason, as someone who's uh, very Joe Dirt-like? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Me and I have three family members named Joe Dirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it hit close to home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's the first most time of I... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, first time I ever uh, learned uh, about what a Hemi engine was, was that movie. Oh, mine was John reaping those damn Hemi commercials. Yeah, see, I don't I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if we had those. I think you those didn't are, have? I mean, if no, we did. John Reap, you know, I don't know like what John. The Hem- John no. Reap, the comedian? No, no idea. He's the one He's the one that did those Hemi commercials. He's like, is that a Hemi or whatever? No, literally. Ne- oh never God. Vince, did you did, did you have those commercials? I remember that, yeah. in North Carolina? No, I remember those okay. commercials. They definitely <laughs> had they, them in Fresno. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like remember them like in big. Los Angeles. I don't remember them. I think uh, well, Jews probably... are just immune to any car talk. It just like you just you just like automatically tune yeah. it out. No, that's not true. I love car talk on NPR. Oh, true. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a <laughs> it's point. such a great show. Those guys are so salt of the earth. Oh my God. Um, what, what else uh, was um, happening? Number one song was All For You uh, by Janet Jackson. Oh, hell yeah. Um, That's and, a good one. Yeah, another, That's a great one. Another headline, uh, Spy Plane's crew hailed as heroes. Um, there was that uh, spy plane that collided with a Chinese fighter jet, and the crew oh, yeah. spent 11 years, or 11 years, 11 days uh, in China before they were returned home. Uh, apparently, they were... Greeted as heroes, I actually completely forgot that this was a story ever um, until I went back. There's like uh, every every once in a while, there's like a random memory that comes up where I remember a spy plane thing. Like one of them though was didn't a, a spy plane crash, and then we were like, "Don't steal our spy plane technology." And I, the Chinese were like, nah. I don't remember that. I remember we accidentally bombed a Chinese embassy, I think, in uh, oh, in fuck. like Serbia. And like it, it, here, it didn't even really like cause a stir because we were just like, oh, yeah, of course we accidentally bombed an embassy. But then the Chinese were like, how did you how did you bomb the embassy? You have the smart bombs that you say that you can put anywhere you want and you bombed your embassy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, after this point, I didn't. Re- I, yeah, um, you can fact check me if I got that wrong. But uh, yeah, yeah. Luckily, after this point, um, China and the United States remained friends forever, yeah. and there was never again um, a bombing gone wrong by the United States. So um, you know, live you learn, and uh, and that's good. What what songs were popular back? Oh, you just said, didn't you? I did. It was all for you by Janet <laughs> Jackson. Uh, the top country song was "Who I Am." by jessica andrews which i have no idea what that is i don't know I have no idea what that is either and the top uh alternative song was one that i feel like i got molested by which is drive by incubus and uh oh jesus if i ever hear that song again it'll be too soon oh man <laughs> that song is so good though no no it's not i'll be there i had an argument with dave, dave Schilling has, has a yeah. theory that uh people are either uh, sublime people or incubus people and oh uh, that's i don't believe in that i come down I believe, hard on uh, on team sublime sorry i mean i definitely am more of a sublime person than i am an incubus person but i like both of those bands mm-hmm. i think they're i don't both like good. either of those bands so where do i fit um shit i don't even know if you count as white anymore um <laughs> <laughs> you can't take that from me it's all i got <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, so that's what was going on back in those days. That's uh, incredible, amazing, informative, and useful information Indeed. for this episode yeah. we're about to get into. You can put um, that in all of your spy plane related uh, Pinterest profiles. Yeah. Um, put, put it in your Pinterest files. That's, that's a thing, right? That sounds you like a sentence on, You that's pin it correct. up on there, right? You put it on your mm-hmm. Tumblr? I don't know. I stopped sure. using the internet in 2009. Um, yeah, yeah. And everything just been better since then. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into this episode. Uh, like we said before, season three, episode eight, he is risen. Um, and I am going to read the Bada B stories. Oh, good. All right. Ralphie and Tony publicly feud. Gloria and Tony definitely screwed. Janice's boyfriend snooze over food. Meadow Soprano being a prude. Johnny Sack is shrewd, concludes feud. Jackie Jr. viewed the nude prude and talks crude to his dudes. Boom, dude. Good job. <laughs> Great job, Matt. Uh, that was... That took a lot of work. Um, so yeah, those are <laughs> those are the uh, the main plot points uh, of the episode. Um, and we start out this episode uh, with uh, an ecstasy rave. I which, can't remember. Is this like the last that we see of Caitlyn, or does she come up again? I feel uh, for some reason I feel like I'm remembering a mention of her that happens later, where she like tried to kill herself, or she mm. had to go to like the psych ward or some shit, right? Yeah. Like vaguely, but but definitely, uh, I I had forgotten that she does show up again after the last episode that she was in. Um, I like that she's and- at a blacklight frat party, and uh, she thinks it's like the greatest thing that's ever happened. Um, yeah, and and I was trying to. I was trying to kind of like uh, gauge whether or not this counts as a '90s vibe. Uh, what, what do you think? That's a great question. I don't. I mean, because like raves still happen, right? Like, like I didn't. I didn't go to Burning Man I mean, to like two two thousand nine or something. So it's not like raves stopped being a thing. But it's like the glow lights and shit. Like, like yeah. the the glow paint. I don't know if you that- could. I don't know if this is like a, a rave so much as it's just like a a blacklight theme frat yeah. theme party what well, what's kind of cons- like if you know you're doing mushrooms you're gonna go get some black lights or something you know like yeah. they knew they were gonna be ecstasy so they're like you know what get them damn black lights up <laughs> get the black lights and get, get that the black- paint yeah. i, I want to see a vw bug <laughs> <laughs> so so um so caitlin's freaking out she's like oh my god this is the greatest night ever and then some random dude just comes up behind her and immediately starts grinding his crotch into her ass and uh and she loves and, and it asks, and she and says asks, no she he asks he did do, do you like that and she and he, she says i choose you which is i don't entirely understand that line like i wondered if there was like some uh theme to this party that i missed uh with yeah that. i thought it was a sorority type theme or something when yeah, i heard that yeah yeah no it was but that's I didn't right see it, that. it was a frat party or something it was um, a, yeah uh, but yeah, no, I choose you. I don't know. It, it did. Uh, that struck me a little bit again with a nineties vibe. Maybe that's like a Pokemon vibe. I don't know. Maybe be, they added out the explanation to that and just left it in. Yeah. It could be like, this is a Pokemon themed rave. I didn't know if it Who's was like to a say? Sadie Hawkins, uh, Greek thing. I don't know what they're going. I don't know where they're going with that one. A but, Sadie uh, Hawkins orgy. Yeah. 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 A Sadie Hawkins orgy, by the way, sounds incredible. 
That just <laughs> Dude, I want that on a t-shirt. I would, Sadie Hawkins orgy. I would love to go to a Sadie Hawkins orgy. Because there's one thing I know uh, about myself is that like if I were ever at an orgy, I couldn't make the first move. I couldn't. No. I'd be too... Well, you never do. The girls run the orgy. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's probably true, but I also feel like if I went to an orgy, I would also see that like dudes were were also initiating, and I'd be like, "Man, that guy's so cool!" And then I just watch <laughs> him fuck for a while. <laughs> sure, <laughs> be like, "You're doing good, dude." Um, but yeah, so the the interesting thing I think about this scene, uh, other than the fact that it is this like '90s rave, is kind of the way that they bring up ecstasy. Um, in this in this scene also felt like kind of had this 90s vibe to it because it was just like have you heard of this designer drug called ecstasy it was very like uh, was new. anti anti drug like psa vibes a little bit uh, i actually i i have a clip Hug me. <laughs> you have to try it i'm so not depressed anymore try what ecstasy where did you get it I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. Oh, yeah. So uh, just a side note here. Going to be a lot of weird edits in this episode. (laughs) Oh, boy. uh, uh, Well, I mean, what I mean by weird is clunky and not very good. You see, I've been spending most of this week pulling my hair out uh, with this whole like election thing. So what uh, now? Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is that I was like, oh, God, I got to I got to get some clips done for this episode. And then I was like, uh, OK, what's a bit? Uh, yeah, I learned it by watching you. Sure. Whatever. Point is, <laughs> is like, don't expect quality all the time. Sure. You guys, you know, Matt's got to do other things with his life. I like the idea that Caitlin is using ecstasy not as a party drug, but as like a way to cure her depression. But isn't that um, isn't that what it was like originally developed for? I don't know, but tomorrow she's going to be real depressed. Yeah, that is the bummer of it. Yeah. Is that it's, it doesn't, it only lasts for that night. But I, I, I do think that it was developed for like PTSD or some sort of like uh, mood swing, you know, inhibitor or something like that. I, I don't know. But like, I feel like ecstasy is a, a, like in my personal experience uh, people that I've known who have been either depressed or very anxious or very um, angry people, I've always, I've always recommended that they try ecstasy at least once in their life. And every time I'm batting a hundred here, those people went from being their normal terrible selves to really cool people for about three hours. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm not gonna sound very cool, but what's the difference? Is Molly and ecstasy the same thing or no? Y- yeah, Molly I think is pure MDMA and ecstasy is like MDMA that's cut with I don't know other stuff is like, my understanding. At, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. I th- that yeah, that's 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 what I know about it too. It's that like Molly is just the more pure form of it. Uh I don't know why there's like a different name for I I just kind of I assume that like it's weird to me that they're like uh well ecstasy is actually uh it's kind of like an extra value meal of drugs it's like it's got it's got molly in it but it also has a little bit of meth and a little bit of co- like it yeah. just oh, seems like- well, it takes the edge off i think what's interesting about <laughs> this use of it is like they very clearly didn't know like the ecstasy tropes at this point so mm-hmm. it's like they did ecstasy but no one um does all the stuff that we now associate with ecstasy yeah, like no one's giving like each rolling other- those 
the balls in their hand, you know, yeah. those like weird, like rave balls. No one's and giving no one's each like, other massages. No one's like yeah. scalp is tingling. No one's giving like head massages or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. No one is sucking on a, a pacifier. <laughs> like, uh, no, it's very, it's like, it's, they don't know much about the drug, but they know it exists and they know glow lights are involved. And that's what we got in that scene. But more importantly, uh, uh mm-hmm. this is basically the start of, uh, Meadow and Jackie Jr.'s, uh, sort of, mutual crush um yeah and uh yeah and and it's funny because you know uh carmela and roe like jackie jr's mom are finding out about this uh basically at the same oh i forgot to mention uh jackie jr's partner who uh oh dove yeah dove he uh he, Jackie Jr. in the first scene points out that he's not going to bang the girl because he has a yarmulke and she's from Oklahoma. And then <laughs> later, Ralph Cifaretto refers to him as Beanie Boy. What? What? Oh, I missed oh. that completely. Beanie Boy meaning he has a yarmulke yeah. on. He's there for oh, like two it. scenes, and uh, in both of them, he just basically his job is to have a yam is to freak people out with his yarmulke. Yeah, his job is to be uh, the Jew drug dealer, which I, I appreciate the amount of Jewish representation and organized crime that the show has. Uh, it makes me feel more badass. Uh, and, uh, you know, I it makes me feel good, dude. Um, yeah, the so it, the relationship between Jackie and Meadow in this episode is kind of it's interesting because you kind of look at it as like the mirror opposite in a way of the relationship that she had with Noah because mm-hmm. Noah was this like fucking buttoned up uh liberal west coast uh dude who um was I mean he was basically like he was a manipulative fuckboy they're both manip- manipulative fuckboys that's for sure but uh but Jackie is still kind of like um trying to figure out which mode of manipulation works like he tries a little bit of being like uh you know the a little bit of the pushy tough guy um and then he slowly kind of like uh, reassesses the situation and is and starts being like oh you know as long as you're okay yeah. everything's fine well I mean, the the more obvious dichotomy, I think, is that like Noah is represents the kind of dude that, uh, you know, if Meadow leaves home and becomes something more than she is, he's like the college boy that she's yeah. hopefully going to go off and meet it at college. And Jackie Jr. is like the dude from her hometown. Like, the yeah, guy. the hometown boy. And so that's yeah. why the uh, dynamic between uh, Carmela and Roe is interesting because Roe's clearly like super stoked on their relationship and Carmela's like, ah, but don't you want to go off uh, to college and meet someone smart? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I have a clip of that. It would be very nice to be able to tell Carmela whether you're coming. Who's going to be there? Besides us? I don't know, Carm's parents. How about Meadow? So Thanksgiving, who's all coming this year? You know, the usual. Nana and Grandpa. Jackie's probably not coming, though, right? Oh, I don't know. Why? Can I just ask anything? All right, take it easy. I have class. I'll see you Thursday. Hello? Hey, Carm, it's Ro. God, it is so weird that you just called. I just hung up with Meadow, and she was asking if Jackie was coming at Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Jackie just asked me about her. My radar's up. 
Oh, you and those romance novels, Rosalie. Can you imagine the beautiful children those two would make with those jeans? Ooh. <laughs> really? The fuck is this? <laughs> what was that? What was that? <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> I told you, dude, I really had this a rush job. Jesus what Christ. What was that? <laughs> I thought my computer was breaking. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was just looking at your face the whole time and going like, oh, he's definitely gonna he's gonna try hitting his laptop. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it was a rush job, dude. I was like, I was sure. trying to elongate her ooh, and I realized it did that sound, and then I added more sounds on top of it. Anyways, point is, is that Carmen Rowe, uh, both they definitely have different. Um, I, I guess like Rowe would love for these two childhood friends, you know, n known each other forever. It's like a perfect, cute little love story for Roe. And I think you're right. Carmela looks at this and goes like, you know, I, I know that I wanted, I know that I didn't want you to be with that black guy, but could we find like a middle ground where you meet <laughs> a, a nice yeah. Italian boy who's in, who's in Colombia with you? Which is kind of strange to me because, like, uh, ostensibly, Jackie is at Rutgers, which is supposed to be a good school. So I don't know what her problem would yeah, be. Yeah, but with you it. can just look at that guy and he just radiates. Uh, you Moron. Know, he, yeah, exactly. He radiates, yeah, you know, knucklehead from the neighborhood. Yeah, for sure. I like um, the continuing theme of them both being huge pieces of shit to their parents. <laughs> just like yeah. completely openly, like, what? Can uh -huh. I just, I can't, can I just say yeah. something? Yeah. Hey, is this boy going to be over? Oh, before you say anything, fuck you, mom. <laughs> it's just like it's it, the the way that they hate their parents is a uh, is a very um I don't know, it's like I would consider it a very middle class way of hating parents. You know what I mean? Like I I noticed that there is uh it's like an upper middle class way of hating parents. There's like uh, the, the people that I knew who were like openly hostile to their parents when I was growing up were always like, they had a little bit of money. Like they were a moneyed family. Yeah. So it's always kids with like more money than you who are like, uh, God, you're such an idiot, mom. Fuck. Like, that's just something I like. I wouldn't dream of saying that shit to my mom. Oh, uh, no, I've seen people fight in the front yard with their dads in the dirt. <laughs> Fucking poor people have it rough. I'm telling you, you'll get thrown out of a goddamn trailer on your ass and you're fighting your stepdad and your dad at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a I think fighting your parents is like a good rich man, poor man kind of thing. It's like you have to you have to be either above or below a certain socioeconomic line. Yeah, there's a threshold. There's a threshold. There's there's it's like definitely... you're either the Menendez brothers or you're like a Mori family and there's a <laughs> And everybody in between is kind of confused by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good point. All good points. All good points. Um, but yeah, I do like their uh, shared contempt and frustration with their own families. Um, and I, I like Jackie Jr. is spending this whole episode basically um, trying to find uh, the key to her pants. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you He's know, very he, realistically gross in this episode, the way yeah, he, I, he doesn't yeah. like they don't make him into a full date rapist, but he just kind of like dabbles in uh, unbuttoning yeah. her shirt while she's passed out. Yeah, I think doesn't he just straight up like look at her pussy? 
I I thought he just like unbuttoned her pants yeah. and then unbuttoned her shirt and then kind of left it at that. I uh, for for some reason he uh, looked mi- down her shirt. I know. Yeah, or he I looked think. down her shirt. Maybe that's what it was. I just yeah. remember her, her her like him like just copping a look, which I thought was like. Uh, you know, it, like you're a little bit afraid for Jackie or like, please, please do not date rape anybody. I know <laughs> don't date rape a look... mob boss's daughter. Well, yeah, especially not that, but also in general. But it's like you, you like I know you look genetically predisposed to date rape, <laughs> but <laughs> you don't have to do it. And I'm glad he doesn't. And uh, yeah, and it's interesting watching him try to figure it out. When he picks her up from the Thanksgiving dinner, uh, he he has this scene where he basically he comes clean that like he's just stopped going to school completely, and then um, and then <laughs> mentions to her that uh, he's more interested in men's fashion. Yeah. Quote, yeah. quote not the faggy parts. <laughs> Just being Hugo Boss. Just being Hugo yeah, Boss. Not the is... gay stuff. Just designing clothes for the Nazis. <laughs> it's, it's, it was like it's this really interesting thing because it's like he's he is trying to show um, because like his interest in men's fashion doesn't go as far as like ever trying to go to school for it. He's trying to show that he's a man of many interests and some of them are cultured interests like fashion. Chicks dig fashion, but he can't escape the the like bred homophobia of his upbringing and of his <laughs> of his community that he just wants to be like oh you know just to be sure I, i'm not a fag all right i'm not okay? that was such a realistic moment like for them to invent that as the thing like for you know george costanza pretends to be an architect right i love that like in jackie jr's world like his pretending to have interests is uh you know men's fashion and uh yeah 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 yeah. it's it's a it's a perfect choice because he definitely is like he he gives off the vibe of someone in that time who's like uh where fashion is very important to them like he's today's uh he would be today's like hype beast you know like he would be i mean no one defines like nouveau riche like the italians and like so that's yeah perfect because he's he's like into clothes and jewelry but uh you know not in a gay way just in a, yeah. in, in a <laughs> yeah. way where you like to throw the money around yeah just want to be tommy Hilfiger. yeah there's nothing wrong with it um but yeah he goes through the episode kind of like figuring out uh you know how he's gonna get into her pants and it all kind of culminates uh in this final scene where um there where he's playing pool uh and i actually <laughs> it's it's uh i have a i have a clip from that you fuck yet her body is mad ripe. She's screaming for me, man. Do <laughs> you know what the song that is in the background? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. But uh, I just want to say, she's creaming for me, man, <laughs> is maybe too gross it's even so for gross. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, like one she- thing to describe a woman as like wet, but when you like yeah. add a dairy, in, a dairy element in there... <laughs> It's so much grosser. Yeah, it's way too vivid. It's way too vivid. You just start, you just, and it's yeah. like, you know. She's uh, going to have listen. quite a cheese down there in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just, know why he's from Boston now, but uh, it's a choice. It's hard, it's hard to maintain an accent for too long. I get it, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just just him trying to, trying to like, I don't know, uh, talk talk to his friend about fucking about possibly fucking this girl creaming maybe 
the grossest thing I've ever heard. And I'm so glad that that has exited the lexicon because uh, I can't handle it. You didn't fuck her yet. I don't know if it's even a smart thing. She's Tony Soprano's daughter. Jackie, come on, that's her that found. Go sit down. <laughs> Fucking brat. Oh my god, fuck, metal! That's such an excellent car crash because it's very reminiscent of um, the dude crashing his car in the Big Lebowski. Just the way it... uh, It's not like a dramatic car crash. It's like a car crash from far enough away that it just looks like retarded slapstick. Yeah, yeah, right. It's not not something that's going to cause any major injury uh, other than to the car. Um, it's just a fun, it's a funny car crash. It's, it's the exact kind of car crash that a drunk girl uh, <laughs> who stole her, her, her boyfriend's keys would get into. So whose car was it? It's Jackie's it's car. Jackie's. Right? Yeah. And he's driving a Chevy Cavalier <laughs> yeah. as like a guy who wants to be Hugo boss. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the best part. Yeah, that to me was like, uh, I also was like, what? And I, I can only assume it's like, uh, like they have money, but they don't have you know, they don't vet. have Toyota money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's still a striver. I like uh, I like the line that uh, when she says, "You, but you love that car." <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that's the most. That's the saddest part. Is anybody loving a Cavalier? I just like that. It's because he loves that car because he likes having a car. So yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the whole thing reminded me of this neighbor. I had um, to, she had like a Hyundai Elantra, probably like a 2000, I don't know, 11, like Hyundai Elantra. And she had one of those license plate frames that said, I'm not spoiled, just well taken care of. And oh my god, yeah, 2011 Elantra. <laughs> yeah, she's just flossing, Lady, flossing on Hyundai. And then her, she had a vanity plate that said, I heart peeps. And I couldn't tell if it was like, I heart like my peeps or if it was I heart peeps the candy. Um, yeah, marshmallow peeps. Yeah. I feel like both of those are pretty basic things to have on the tag. Yeah, yeah it could uh, could 100% go either way with yeah. uh, with the Hyundai Elantra. What color is a white Hyundai Elantra? Yes. Or did you Okay, white Hyundai Elantra. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even a fun color. <laughs> yeah you know like sometimes those cheap ass cars are like lime green for some damn reason you know you don't know yeah. why yeah, yeah. you could have like a dodge neon painted like a b or something you know something that yeah. says like i have personality but not much <laughs> no Eggie. she's metal you all right i think so easy what's the matter i hate her cry you guys all right we're fine we're totally fine. Nobody got hurt. We were tired. But your car. Fuck the car. Toilet and stole. Oh my god, Jackie, I am so sorry. No, as long as you're okay. I don't know what I would have done if you would have got hurt. You almost died. I'm so sorry. I should have taken you to Vassal like you wanted. But you love the car. It's alright. Come on, let's get you home. No. I want to go with you. So I love this because there's two uh, Jackie Jr. car scenes in this, and they're both like wildly mm-hmm. different. And one, he gets blue balled and immediately like floors it and speeds off and blows a stop sign, which is just yeah. another amazing visual. Um, yeah. And then in this scene, he like pivots 
effortlessly and surprisingly into i just care if uh, he yes. just, he, like well, I, he realizes that he has a chance of getting laid and it's amazing how seamlessly and how believably he switches from yes. one to the other completely yeah. and, and it's to me it, it raises a question that i i feel that gets raised a lot in this show which is like sometimes I legitimately can't tell whether someone, uh, an actor on The Sopranos, is the worst or the best actor on The Sopranos. <laughs> like, like he, you know, when when he first shows up in the show, I remember thinking like that this guy is like not a not a great actor. He's not really. He doesn't. He's not selling any of his lines. I don't know. I just felt like he was kind of like a wannabe. But then the more you watch it, the more you're like, actually, that's kind of his character is, is a yeah. fucking wannabe. You know, this guy is a total poser. And his ability to kind of like really sell the kind of uh, the fake uh, like empathy and like <laughs> the clearly calculated uh, like care that he has for her that he knows is just going to lead to them fucking is like it's so perfectly done that I'm like is he the best actor on the show <laughs> like he's really good he does excellent code switching where like when he's talking to his boys he's like Mr. Hardass uh, yeah he's gangster. Mr. Cream yeah Mr. <laughs> she's creaming for me and then he yeah. immediately switches to Eddie Haskell whenever like uh, yeah, any, any of the any adults are around. It's great. He's he's very good, and uh, it, it's like it's it's a really you know it's a it's another example of like the Sopranos knowing how to write adolescents mm -hmm. uh, in this way where you're just like that's that's pretty spot on. That's exactly how it goes. Um, and I also you know I was rooting for him the whole episode. You know, <laughs> it, like I, it was like please number one please don't don't do anything stupid like date rape uh, Meadow Soprano. Um, and, and he avoids it, although he does definitely cop a, a peek. Um, but I was rooting for him to like, kind of like, you know, figure out the correct amount of manipulation in order <laughs> to get her, uh, at least interested in coming home. And, and what was weird to me too, was that she's like, no, I want to go, I want to go with you. And he's like, are you sure? Which is like a strange, it just, cause part of me is like, is this them right now agreeing to fuck later? I I just could not tell. Yeah, it's got to be. I right? like the um the very college thing of like the way, the way you confirm that someone wants to fuck is you just like pull pull out a condom and wave it like it's a ID <laughs> ID card. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah yeah this me me you huh? yeah I put a dick in here and then it go in your pussy <laughs> and then we fuck. I have it. I have the thing. This is a pass into your party. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It is very cute, and uh, yeah, and their relationship will blossom, and we'll see it blossom in future episodes. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts 
to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, but let's move on to uh, the Ralphie and Tony story. Um, now, a good portion of this episode is just kind of a continuation of the feud that uh, is happening, <clears throat> that, that has been happening ever since um, Tony punched Ralphie uh, in the face at the Bing for uh, murdering um, the stripper. Um, and there's a lot of tension and it feels like it's going to end in bloodshed. Uh, and the first scene that we have is uh, Ralphie and Tony um, get into like a very high school, like passive aggressive uh, fight. Um, well, while... it's set up by the fact that Tony is reading The Art of War. And, oh, yeah. Um, this is actually the first <laughs> piece of media ever that has made me curious about reading The Art of War. Um, I know, me too. Same. Because uh, I mean, Tony's strategy for dealing with Ralph is very curious this entire episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely like uh, he he's kind of giving him the silent treatment, uh, and he's he's doing his best to never apologize for punching Ralphie, um, and and he's also putting himself in the predic- predicament of like you know the more angry and justifiably angry you make this guy, um, the more likely it's gonna either be him or you. So we're gonna have to do some murdering here. Um, but yeah, I did feel like his strategy was very, um, very teen drama. He um, never allows Ralphie to save face <laughs> in any single scene in this episode. It's all yeah. constantly trying to make him feel smaller and smaller, even though he knows that makes Ralphie completely insane. And uh, yeah. I assume that's in order to bring it the situation to a head without having to, uh, you know, make any. Because he's he's trying to avoid the uh, shine box scene in Goodfellas where you can't kill a made guy because Ralphie's a made yeah. guy, but he de- he clearly wants to kill him. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wants to, and he also, um, uh, he he wants, I think, Ralphie to just be the one to make the first move um, and apologize. Uh, and it does not go well, and it ends to uh, ends up looking uh, exactly like a, an episode of fucking Saved by the Bell. Um, and I, I have a clip of that. Look good. Want a drink? Not the time, Anthony. <laughs> Not a time. Coming out. Let's whack this cocksucker and be done with it. <laughs> Another time, Anthony. <laughs> cocksucker turns his back on a boss. That I couldn't believe. I get it. It's like Saved by the Bell. That's it. That's the thing, right? No, keep going. Oh, okay. Cause I'm Killbinder. Cause I'm Killbinder. Cause I'm Killbinder boss. <laughs> really rush this one. Wow. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, because it's like Saved by the Bell, but it's killed yeah. by the boss. I mean, you know, they, they can't all be winners, dude. No, that's um, great. Yeah. Reminded uh, me of Saved by the Bell. Um, yeah. And also The Sopranos. Yeah, it's both What If together. Um, yeah, and the the feud that they have, um, it's what I enjoy about it is watching um, how they have to navigate it not only in like the um, mob boss, like the mafia sphere of their lives, but also the family sphere of their lives. And so Tony realizes that because um, Roe is dating Ralphie, that uh, she that he has to find a way to cancel um, them being at Thanksgiving. And uh, he does cancels Thanksgiving uh, just for uh, for Ralphie basically makes up an excuse we never and found out what happens to the almond tort. To the what? To the almond tort. Carmela says, oh. Ro, I'm counting on you for that almond tort. Oh, and that's then, right. And uh, she calls the, can- the cancel. We don't know if she made the almond tort, got the I ingredient. Mean, she it. Yeah. I mean, listen, bro. That's, you know, <laughs> only you would remember the names of foods in this episode. I don't remember that Yeah, shit. do you know what a tort is? No. It's, uh, I'm, I'm asking because I don't know. Oh it's, yeah, I don't know. It's like um, it's like a more desserty coffee cake, I think. Oh okay. So, well, I unfortunately, think. there's no no. Al- <laughs> okay. <laughs> no almond tort happens. Um, the uh, fight kind of uh, escalates, and then Johnny Sack steps in, and th- let me know what you think about this. Is Johnny Sack's entire plan? Um, in mediating this to get Ralphie to apologize, even when nothing has been promised, um, just it, it, just to make sure that the Esplanade goes off without a hitch. Is that is that the plan here? I assume that was the plan. I also got a little distracted by Johnny Sack's uh, mesmerizing body hair. Like he has, he has, oh, yeah. he has the combination of very light skin and uh, very like glossy black. Uh, hair that's just covering his whole torso and then like the <laughs> backs of his arms um yeah he's yeah. a hairy man just, he's a little he's a little fur ball yeah 
He looks a yeah. little bit like a he looks like a like a foppish caveman a little bit. <laughs> he's very he's very persnickety and and you know mm. very slick back. He seems like he's got he's got a little bit of OCD going on, but then he takes his shirt off and it's just like, "Oh, no, he's like a he's like the wolf man under there." Yeah, no. That's a, that is a hairy man for sure. Um so that distracted you to the point of uh not being able to like keep up with what his intentions were cuz all I got <laughs> from his intentions was um he is making uh basically he's relaying messages between um between tony and ralphie and uh he is pretty much responsible for ralphie going up to tony at uh at vesuvio and apologizing profusely and then having tony completely offer him nothing and say anything else and then only makes him more mad. So it's very confusing. Well, to I think me. that was it, a strategy by uh, Tony. Hmm. But I mean, but th- like, like fucking Tony told Johnny Sack over his dead body that um, Ralphie would ever be made, um, you know, uh, a captain. So like, it it would seem to be like. Uh, playing with fire a little bit to be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He wants you to go apologize, and then he'll apologize mm-hmm. and make you captain and everything. I think the whole point was to get them together to, I don't know, have some sort of, uh, some sort of like at least the show of mediation, even if it wasn't anything, just so the Esplanade project mm. goes through. And and I mm. don't think uh, Johnny Sack wants to take Ralphie as part of the New York crew, so he's kind of just like, ah, yeah, yeah, go, go make nice. So he's each, he's telling them both each what they want to hear or at least that's what i yeah. took from it yeah can i say that like uh i must have went to the bathroom when they explained that he killed like a prostitute or whatever <laughs> oh so yeah i thought this whole thing was because he didn't say hey to him at the bar and i'm like <laughs> just fucking say hey dude yeah <laughs> like say hey what's yeah. up i thought no. he was that mad over not saying hey to him and i was like i must be missing something <laughs> yeah and then yeah no and then, yeah, he kills kills uh, whatever. I forgot her name already. I Tracy. feel bad. Grace, Tracy. And I'm Tracy. guessing she was pregnant with his kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what we've been led to believe. But she we've was been led a to believe it. Yeah, yeah. she is a whore. So I like that. Uh, um, so Ralphie goes to apologize to Tony at Vesuvio. And, and the whole scene is just Tony eating extremely loudly and just chewing like he does he does the classic gandolfini thing in this episode where he he breathes extremely loudly and mm-hmm. then later he eats extremely loudly like as part of his uh, acting and i couldn't really concentrate on anything in that scene except the fact that he kept smacking his lips the whole time ralphie was just standing there yeah yeah no it is it is definitely gross um and uh but you know maybe that's part of that's the art of war though dude <laughs> yeah it must be, you know, it's uh, like part of the art of war, uh, as Sun Tzu says, you know, uh, eat loudly for your enemy has uh, an issue with loud chewing. And, and I feel the- like you <laughs> could be destroyed by an enemy who sure. did mouth sounds. Yeah, that's true. It would it would drive me slowly insane. Is that allowed in MMA? No, you got to wear the mouth guard. Well, yeah, but you could chew on a mouth guard. Yeah, I can make. Mu- I guess. Oh, I could do it, dude. Everything is soup with me. Like that waxy, like. <laughs> <laughs> everything dude i can turn any solid into soup in my mouth i'm slurping sandwiches bitch uh-huh. sure dude I, 
I will slurp. Um, also, so when Tony, when Ralphie goes to apologize, Tony, it's very much like, you know, a five-year-old who uh, tracked mud in on the floor and your mom's making you apologize, but you don't really know what for. Um, yeah. And then, so Tony basically makes him explain why he's apologizing, even though Ralphie doesn't want to. And his, his first like response is, I disrespected the Bing. Not, yeah. not like I killed that girl no, no, with no. my hands. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, a, I beat a woman to death with my bare hands. No, it's not. That's not it. I mean, it's funny though because in terms of what like, were you thinking when you did that, Ralphie? <laughs> I guess I wasn't thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like no, that he's like, he's also wearing an ascot for half of this episode. That we forgot to point that out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's but Ralphie is a, a bit of a fashion victim throughout his uh, stay on The Sopranos. Um, you know, he's he's never been an ascot. You know, it looks good on him. It kind of does. Like real. he makes it look like a natural he, thing that people he, would do, and not like a really weird affectation. If he were to wear um, like a bolo tie and cowboy shoes at, in the Bing, I still would be like, look at that mafia guy. Like the dude. <laughs> The yeah. dude just like exudes mafioso. So uh, it works for him, I think. Um, but yeah, like his. He also has like the weird Dawson's Creek haircut and somehow makes it like you usually think of a mafia guy either with like slicked back hair or, yeah. you know, some sort of short fade kind of thing. And Ralphie goes full Dawson's Creek uh, center part. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a mobster still. It's weird. It's I think it just speaks to how good um, Joey uh, pee pee poo poo pants um, is <laughs> as an actor. What's uh-huh. his name? Pato, Joey Pato, Pants. Pato, Pantoliano. Joey pants. Yeah, Joey Pants is just like he's he's like a really good actor, and um, you know he's naturally got mafia voice. Um, so yeah, he just he can pull it off. He can pull off uh, a fucking James Vanderbeek. And you'd still think like, oh, that guy's in the mafia. Um, Luckily, luckily, uh, things don't come to a head in this uh, storyline because um, even though Tony gets apologized to and still doesn't give him capo, uh, this is the episode where Gigi dies on a toilet (laughs) taking a shit. And it is... um, All I could think about was... That poor actor reading the script for this episode, and being yeah. like, oh, yes. fuck, you're, you're gonna do me with <laughs> the the smash cut to funeral." I love that's like my favorite move in all of art is just like the smash cut to funeral where you, you yeah you skip like them you know trying to figure out what happened and mm-hmm. uh, they're like, "Ah, you get it." Smash cut to funeral. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 pass all of the initial shock. And you get to the uh, and all of the, the arrangements. Like, there's no cop explaining to like the wife or anything like mm-hmm. that, or nobody finding out that he's dead, or people calling each other to say, "Hey, oh no, Gigi's. I don't know what's wrong with them." Or no, there's yeah, no-, no. I mean, you know, he they did bust open the door and see him on the toilet. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, all because of that turkey. Well, you know what? You know what he did what? is he said he was constipated. And they tried to get him to take some Metamucil, and he turned it down. He turned down the fiber, and uh, and he said he hates that stuff. And I don't know. I feel like that's uh, it killed. Uh, yeah, you don't. Yeah, don't I mean, deny the psyllium husks, man. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it really, at his age, he really should be having more fiber. But uh, I think what killed him is uh, he just pushed too hard, right? Yeah. A, like aneurysm or something? I think oh, well. I think if you push too hard on the toilet, um, you can uh, get a heart attack or something. Is that a thing? Wait a minute. Hold, hold on. I mean, that this, can't be right. <laughs> I mean, you I, telling I, me if I go take a shit, <laughs> there's a 90% chance I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't know where you got 90. <laughs> I never said 90. That's what I heard. I heard 90% chance. It's not a 90% chance, but I think the older you get, the higher your percentages get of possible that, death while pushing to take a shit. I, I like to think that, well, you know, like an aneurysm is like a, you know, like a ballooning of your of one of your blood vessels. So I like to think right. that he was just he pushed too hard and he got backed up, and then one of his arteries just exploded like a little balloon. Yeah, no, it could be. I like, I like to think he ripped his asshole shitting like so big, like a big like softball type thing, and he just bled to death before anybody came in. <laughs> you like to think that? Yeah, I like to think. I like. There to was think. just an entire undigested manigot in the toilet yeah exactly. <laughs> you'd think uh, that would be easy to pass you know it's just all it's all there's nothing like crunchy in a manigot it's just uh yeah well now he is uh he is a, a gaba ghost and <laughs> it's very appropriate that we're talking about the thanksgiving episode of the sopranos in uh in november you know it's, yeah i know with right. thanksgiving coming up it's yeah. it's perfect um yeah, and uh, Gigi's death leads to kind of a nice wrapping of a bow on an episode. And it, it is, I, I agree with you, I do feel bad for the actor because, you know, there's a thousand different ways you can go out on The Sopranos. And, like, sometimes, you you know, you're going to be fucking taken out randomly by one of your own dudes. Sometimes you die in a car wreck. Like, yeah. it, they, they definitely make get, it random. you get whacked by a guy who's itching, itching himself to death because of the poison oak. Yeah, no, it happens. But uh, when he opened up that script and saw that he's going to die taking a shit Elvis style, um, like, I can't tell if he would be incredibly disappointed or honored to be, um, you know, that because that's a memorable death. Yeah. Everyone remembers Gigi's death. And it also, yeah, they probably remember it when he goes like to other like casting too. They're like, you're that guy that shit himself to death, right? <laughs> Yeah. Love that guy. That was a really good part you got. It's probably was your good last part. one, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it definitely like they were hinting at you know his stress levels, and you know he's got kids going to college and whatnot, and he's freaking out. Um, and so they, you know, they they killed him off and wrapped up uh, wrapped up his storyline in a little bow, and they also were able to wrap up the feud in a little bow. And it, so um, they give. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it leads to one of my favorite scenes uh, in this episode, besides like the title scene. But mm -hmm. um, there's the moment at Gigi's funeral, and Silvio's asking Tony who he's gonna make Capo, and mm -hmm. and and there's just like that panning shot across the rest of the crew, uh, yeah. besides Ralphie, and it's like no one even has to say say anything. It's just it, it pans over each one one by one, and like the clear subtext is. Look at these fucking losers, and no yeah, one, yeah, straight up, no one has to acknowledge and, it, but they all know. Y'all know. Everybody knows what they're thinking. It's like Vito and. Uh, well, the saddest one is that, like, you know, one of them's asleep, one of them is like picking his teeth or <laughs> yeah. something, but Vito is just fat. Yeah, yeah. Vito's not doing anything wrong. He's just he's just very overweight. And since when has that stopped anyone from rising in the mafia? Right. 
And it's funny because they, they do this over and over in The Sopranos with Vito and Bobby Bacala, where it's just like, it's just shots of them looking fat. And it's very clear <laughs> that someone was saying like, look at this fucking piece of shit. And, then, and all this is just fuck. that guy standing there. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, back to one. We're going to take the scene again. Um, Vito Spadafore, you really need to exude disgusting. If you could, more disgusting. I'm just, uh, that's my best David Chase impression <laughs> yeah. as director. Stand there um, and continue being obese. Yeah, yeah. Just stay fat, which is interesting because at some point he gets less fat in the show. Um, but that's for later seasons. Um, wrapping up the storyline. Uh, so now Ralphie becomes Capo. And I guess everything is fine in that relationship for now. Um and then uh, lastly, um, just getting to the last two points here, um, I, I, we, we need to talk about Aaron, the, the narcoleptic Christian. Um, I mean, I think I said we said most of what we want to say about it, but I got to say, in terms of weird, memorable characters, this is uh, top five for sure. Again, like this is another thing where they, they clearly took a chance at where this character is a strange combination of things. Like he's, mm -hmm. he's clearly like an ex-hippie. He's also uh, weird and religious uh, mm -hmm. and is a narcoleptic. And he dresses funny. Um, and somehow like it all comes together. Like he really seems like a type like, oh, yeah. You know, the weird, like, ex-hippie Jesus freak with a bolo tie and a uh, soul patch. And yeah, everything works about I thought about he him. was mentally, like, ill. Yeah. I, I thought he was, like, had I think Down he, syndrome or something. No, he's just sleepy. He's just, he's <laughs> he's medically no, sleepy. No, that did, no. Someone is medically sleepy and then just, like, super into Jesus and, like, <laughs> had that far-off stare like he does. That's true. Dude. That's true. But I, I do... I think it's part of it, though. If you're if you're if you've got narcolepsy, you probably are like halfway in a state of sleepiness, you know, also, right he, before and after. He strikes me yeah. as you know when you meet those dudes who clearly like did way too many drugs in the '60s and '70s, and then mm -hmm. at a certain point got clean and went to recovery in like the '80s, and then yeah, um, and then they clearly yeah, so like found Jesus as like a replacement for drugs, but they have that. They have that kind of like dead behind the eyes mm -hmm. thing because they clearly hate their life now, but uh, <laughs> but they're sort of just going through the motions of uh, praising him. I love it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. Like we had, no, we had a house painter when I was a kid who uh, was like that. He listened to like, uh, you know, Christian talk radio all day while he was painting. Oh God. And then like at some point... And he had like a ton of tattoos and he was clearly like had been like a biker or something at some point in his life. And then mm. like at one point during the job, he took all the money that he was supposed to use to buy paint and like went and like bought and went and got loaded and then <laughs> had to like <laughs> come back and apologize for it. And um, the, the He Is Risen guy very much reminds me of that guy. Yeah, no, he's got that. He's got those vibes for sure. Um, but he's just like. This guy also made like. Uh, He's one of those guys that did like chainsaw sculptures where he had like all a bunch of like oh, logs shit. around his house that looked like Indian chiefs and Bayers. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Indian chiefs. Oh, you can make good money just uh, t turning like a, a log into a bear. People love <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, those things are like $6,000 or something. People buy them. You see them all the time. You just drive up like... Do you ever uh, see them in someone's house though? Or like never. In yard? I've never seen... Never. You see them sold. You see them sold, but you don't know where they're putting them. 
I've yeah, never I've seen s- one I've in a house. I've seen them getting loaded up on a truck before, but mm-hmm. never saw where it got to. <laughs> I've seen them displayed in front of a hotel. And and that's oh, it. And it's usually yeah. like a hotel in Big Bear. And it's like, I get it, bears. But man, like sculpted wooden bears is a whole market. And I do not know who the customers are. Yeah. Oh, I, ass- I, I assume it's, um, you know, people who own hotels. It's um, people who want to support their deadbeat brother's uh, new art project. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I think uh, the the scene that is the uh, the the premiere uh, Aaron scene is the one uh, where they're all sitting around the table for Thanksgiving, um, and uh, Tony is throwing bread at his <laughs> at his head to try to wake him up. Narcolepsy is an ASDA certified dysomnia. It's no picnic. Almost time for turkey sandwiches. <laughs> oh my God, who could that be? It's the Boston Strangler. Jesus, Ma. Hey. Jackie, hi. I guess you know everybody here, uh, <clears throat> except for Aaron, Janice's friend. Hey, have you heard the good news? He is risen. I mean, he just, he, you have to give him credit for amazing timing. Like he gets everyone at the dinner party, like he gets their full attention. They're all leaning in being like, have you heard the news? What is he going to say? And then, boom, yeah, no, you're very excited. Risen. It was pretty great. Like that's, and it's, uh, a, it's great. It's, it's a joke about how he just woke up and it's a joke uh, about Jesus. Like it's got everything. This joke, it's such a good joke that they're like, that's the name of the episode. Even though it has no connection to, I mean, I can't think of a connection it has to any of the other plot points. They're just like, that's a great episode. You know, it makes me wonder if he improvised that line and they were like, well, that's just, that's just so funny that we have to keep it in. (laughs) I mean, I can't, I can't think of any other reason why, but it is, uh, it's memorable. And, uh, you know, uh, this is a character that you're not going to see much of in future episodes of The Sopranos, except for as a part of Janice's new grift, which is the Christian grift, um, which which we will get into uh, in in future episodes. But I do. uh, By the way, I do love um, that Janice, of course, is this is this her boyfriend, by the way? Is Aaron? I think her boyfriend? So. it's never said, but he said they just said he's someone from her prayer group. But uh, by implication, yeah. it's like that's her new boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's part of me that is like, number one, of course, she attaches herself to someone who's weaker because uh, <laughs> yeah. she, she loves that. Um, and of course, she uh, attaches herself to someone who she can use his medical issue as her own oppression and victimization. You know, she's just (laughs) the way she's like, you know, narcolepsy is a very serious medical, like just like the way she She does it. It's like, she she always finds a way to be offended. Yeah. She constantly scold people. Like she brings someone who's like a walking punchline into like the wolves (laughs) den. And then she gets to scold them anytime they say something mean about him. Yeah. She lives to scold. Um, all right. Um, finally, let's what? get into favorite, uh, least favorite. Um, did you have a favorite scene? Who are you asking me? Oh, anyone. Or but 
Vince, Not what's really. your favorite scene? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the He Is Risen is wonderful, but like I already mentioned, uh, just that, that panning shot of Gigi's crew um, mm-hmm. to see who Tony's going to promote made me laugh out loud, just because it was so clearly meant to say, look at these fucking pieces of shit. And, uh, and it's just them sitting down, just doing what they do. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, I would say that I think my favorite is uh, the car crash scene with uh, Jackie just because I like the way that he was able to adjust to her, you know, to a form of manipulation that would get to fuck her. But I have a least favorite scene. And the least favorite scene that I have is um, the Melfi scene. Uh, just the beginning of it um, where uh, Tony and Melfi are um, talking about his situation with Ralphie and it's the first time that he is so explicitly talking about murders on top of murders <laughs> that I'm like what are you doing Melfi like this is this is at, at what point do you stop and go like okay whoa 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 there are certain lines we cannot cross here and it, it's just so obvious and I, I have a clip of it it's a management problem it's, it, it's a situation with an underling now, it's partly my fault, but he never should have done what he did. What was it? Could you tell me that? Caused the early retirement somebody else. Now, ordinarily, I would just, uh, you know, put him out the pasture. But it's a very <laughs> valuable piece of manpower. But reading that uh, a book you told me about, you know, The Art of War by Sun Tzu, I mean, here's this guy, a Chinese general, wrote this thing 2,400 years ago. And most of it still applies today. I mean, what, 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 that's professional What do you need, Melfi? <laughs> what, what more do you need at this point? This dude is just talking about murder. He's not even trying anymore. And the scene I do ca- have a favorite scene now. Oh, yeah? What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is where the therapist is complaining to a therapist about her patients. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, she's just being real, like, kind of cunty. And he's like, why? And she's like, I was raped. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's out of nowhere. I yeah, like, no. I just <laughs> kicked it up a notch. Like, fucking ease into that shit in therapy. It was like she yeah, was well, reminding yeah. us, the viewer, like, uh, yeah. You know. yeah. You'd yeah, hope no, if, by the way, I was fucking raped. That's why I'm being this way. Yeah, no, if you if you go into the episode randomly after years of not seeing it. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah, yes. That's all I saw. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. No, it's very, yeah, it kind of throws you off. It would definitely yeah. throw you off. So um, I'm guessing there's a whole episode about yeah, that. Yeah, there's an entire rape episode. It's, uh, it's a whole thing. Um, and, you know, it explains why she wants to keep Tony close, obviously. But, I mean, at this point, it's just, I agree. It's professional negligence, bro. Like, you need to stop seeing this dude. He's just talking about, like, you know, uh, I had this certain friend who uh, is no longer with us for reasons I can't get into. But uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of murdering the other guy. <laughs> just like, fucking A. Uh, anyway, so that was my least favorite just because Thinking the entire scene... Thinking of putting him out scene, the pasture. By pasture, uh, I mean six feet under the ground, as we do in the um, he has a he, he, has a, he was transferred to his new job of pushing up daisies. Uh, 
<laughs> so, so I mean, it was pretty negligent. I, 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 yeah, I just was like, come on, Melfi. And it also is just kind of a pretense to lead to um, Tony eventually being like, yo, so who's this uh, Gloria Trillo that I met, you know, uh, in the waiting room. And, and, and that's the, the final thing that happens in this episode is we meet Gloria and, um, Gloria is someone who also is a patient of Dr. Melfi's and will, um, uh, you know, make multiple appearances in, uh, in the season. And I think maybe next season and, uh, they fuck. It ends with them on a boat on the Stugats mm-hmm. ha- having sex. With um, sexually irresistible Tony mm-hmm. Soprano. There's something about Tony that women just love. And like, I, it's one of those things where I, I've never been someone who is like, how come the people, <laughs> the men on the sitcoms are gross and their wives are hot? And it's like, listen, that's the life I lead every day. You know? <laughs> I am gross, and I understand I look gross. I'm not attractive, but no, there's just something no. Weird you're not even me. a tough guy either. He I'm not a even tough a tough guy. guy, but there's just something about me that exudes <laughs> sexual energy. Yeah, you got the lady. I think it's like that mustache. It's thing but it's like on. the mustache is inside too. You know, they're what I mean? creaming for your mustache. Um, they're creaming on my mustache. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that's uh, it. Ends with uh, Tony and Gloria fucking on a boat, and uh, and yeah, all in all, I gotta say, uh, solid B plus of an episode. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed it. Um, do we have uh, do we have any any afterthoughts here, Vince? Oh no, I think it's also. I also think it's a, a very solid B plus. Yeah, the solidest. Um, yeah, it's very very solid, and the real gangster of this episode um, is. What would you say, Vince? Uh, the real gangster, I think, is uh, finding good help these days. I like that. That's good. That's good. I think uh, the real gangster um, is uh, apologizing. I don't <laughs> <Sure>. know. <laughs> yeah. Just had to think of it last minute. Um, yeah. So all in all, great episode. And this was also a great episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Yeah. Uh, Jason Webb, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. Where where can people find you on the internet? Uh, uh, I don't know. Instagram, Twitter, U H H H Jason Webb. U H H H Jason Webb. Uh, yeah. Jason Webb. Find him on Instagram. Find mm-hmm. him on Twitter. Thank you so much for coming on patreon.com slash broadcast if you want any uh bonus episodes of our other podcasts in which we talk about movies and just whatever is going on it's great and also if you just listen to this one and you want to support us go to patreon.com slash broadcast broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions comments concerns anything you want to tell us about the sopranos please email us vince what's the google voice number 415-275-0030 All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.